Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today, I have one of the more dynamic candidates that some of you all outside of Georgia may not know, but you need to know because we need these candidates to win as we continue to build our bench, but none other than Nikita Hemingway. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. And I'm excited to be here with you. Well, thank you. You know, we start each one of our episodes on this show the same way, and it's kind of unique to uh, this podcast because we want our listeners to be able to understand who people that I'm talking to, who they really are. So we ask our guests to walk us through the arc of their career. And you're a farmer and entrepreneur. So walk me through your career professionally since finishing your degree at Georgia State. And why are you wanting for agricultural commissioner? Yes. Yeah, so I am actually, I'm a fifth generation farmer and Bakari, I, my roots are from South Carolina. Oh, I know. I was getting to that. Any, <laughs> I, I can tell by the last name. I already know who your people are, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my journey, um, you know, I, I cleverly weave my life journey into many of my stump speeches. And I let people know that I started this out as a single mother of two. Um, I started my first business when I was 21 years old. I've owned, you know, multiple businesses since, you know, the reality is it that, you know, in 2022, it is still the plight for African-Americans to achieve the level of success we desire through entrepreneurship. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was, you know, working in corporate America by day, being an entrepreneur by night. And um, yeah, I got there. Um, but farming has always been a part of my life, um, and it's a passion and a love that I share with my husband. And at once you get over 40, um, you really start to look towards what is the legacy for our children um, are going to look like. So um, five years ago, we purchased um, an urban farm here in Gwinnett County. Uh, the county commissioner literally wait, wait, stood wait, wait, back up. Back, back up. Now, I'm, I'm from... Denmark, South Carolina, where we got rural farms, but what is an urban farm? What does that look like? (laughs) So urban farm is essentially any farming entity um, within a metro um, area. So um, because they have set a different set of land use challenges, obviously their business models are not going to be consistent with traditional types of farming. So you'll have more uh, vertical farming, you know, it's just really more of a land use challenge for these types of farmers and also market opportunities. Mm, that's, that's pretty unique. I want you to, I mean, just as we're on the outset, um, talk about your roots in farming and your South Carolina roots, but um, talk about the tradition in your family and more broadly amongst Black families in the Deep South and how your campaign is honoring that tradition. So I'm a fifth generation farmer and I am Gullah Geechee descent. Um, My grandparents were rice farmers off of the coast of Savannah River. And for more than 100 years, my family owned 360 acres and now we own none of it. And the sad truth is when you travel throughout the South, you start to understand that my story is not unique. It is very central to the African-American family and the journey here in the United States. Um, We don't you know, when we talk about agriculture or, or farming, it's just a part of our life. It's who we are. No one thinks that, you know, what grandma and them were doing was something unique. You know, it's just that's the way it was always done. And so being in this space where African-Americans feel disenfranchised as if they don't have a voice, it really, really is important to me 
that we bring equity to this office. Agriculture is the number one industry in Georgia. So let's talk about this job that you're running for. Can you explain to people what an agricultural commissioner does and why it's such an important role? Yes. So this is probably the uh, most misunderstood uh, seat in the executive branch here in Georgia, but it governs our food system. Um, it creates opportunities for farmers, um, producers, growers in this space. Um, it is the voice of rural Georgia. So it also serves as the Department of Rural Development. But um, in Georgia, which is one of 12 states that elects its ag commissioner, we have constitutional rights um, that other offices, you know, don't speak to. There's consumer advocacy here. Uh, we're over the seafood um, industry, companion animals. Like there are a gambit of issues um, that um, this department has a voice in and has the ability to create opportunities for people. I had no idea you all were over companion gators and, and ostriches that you see flying <laughs> in Atlanta, Hartsville, people sitting over there with, with ostriches. And I had no idea that, that. But that's amazing that many people, they either vote straight ticket or they drop off. I mean, right. how are you, and it's hard to raise money from that position. So how are Absolutely. you educating voters about uh, what your job in truly entails? Listen, it's more of the edu the voters are telling us what they want. Hmm. Um, I think oftentimes we as politicians look at it from the perspective of, hey, I have this great idea around solving these problems, but we're not getting giving voters an opportunity to say, well, that's not the solution we think is going to work. This is what we believe is going to work. So for me, it is, I know the subject matter experts are the people who are going to check my name on the ballot box. So when I'm out talking and engaging with them around the issues, I want to know what they believe the solutions are. And then let's work together to actually bring real change to Georgia. So you were mentioning like gators and all of these things, but Department of Agriculture oversees animal breeding, animal welfare, veterinarians, dog grooming, I mean, pet groomers. I mean, there is so much that happens here. And um, animal welfare is a huge issue in Georgia. Of the 159 counties, over 90% are euthanizing for space. That is a problem. It is a problem that our current policies in the state of Georgia, if there's dog fighting happening, that you cannot prosecute all involved unless you have video footage, know the name of the individuals, have documentation of all the equipment and the animals there. And by the time the police actually show up, it's already busted up and everything's gone. So um, there's, there's great opportunity in this space. And, um, and this can be a tool to bring a lot of revenue to the state of Georgia, this department. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com 
to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Why do you think we haven't seen more Black folks pursue uh, this role, given how much of a rich tradition we have in agriculture and the power that these offices hold in so many states? Great question. My guess would be the same reason that I didn't lean into it earlier, which is that um, we were taught you leave the rural South, you go to college, you find opportunities in the, in the cities, working corporate America, build there. Um, we have, you know, been systematically disenfranchised out of, you know, revenue opportunities, funding. Um, it's just farming is just a hard way of life. Um, so having adequate representation really leans into opportunities and having the support system. I think we can change that now. I, I, I agree. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how your office can help black farmers. Yes. So my office can help Black farmers because we can make this office work justly for everyone. Um, I'm a member of so the Federation of Southern Land Cooperatives, and uh, they have been advocating for farmers for, for decades. They were instrumental in getting the Pickford lawsuit mm -hmm. um, settled. Um, and so, you know, being a voice in this space and making sure that we take advantage of every opportunity we're getting government funding when there are opportunities to apply for grants with the USDA. We're ensuring that the local farmers have access to local markets, but we're also working towards issues like food insecurity. Uh, the federal free lunch program just ended. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of kids who on paper, it says, yeah, my mom and dad may, may be able to pay for lunch, but we know that you know, people are still recovering from the pandemic recession. So we've got to ensure that we have food in our schools, that kids get free, adequate, you know, lunches and meals every day, and that they have a voice who is not going to turn a deaf ear to those issues. A little bit more difficult question, I guess. Maybe, maybe not. But what's the agricultural commissioner's role in supporting the cannabis industry? And why hasn't Georgia been more progressive on the issue of cannabis? So the Ag Commissioner's role is to regulate and to advocate with our legislators to pass policy. The current Ag Commissioner, Gary Black, um, which by the way, this will be a vacancy, um, doesn't really support cannabis and, and legalization of hemp. So that's number one. Um, number two, our legislators have used this as a tool to regulate um, individuals out of the space. Um, currently in the state of Georgia, you can grow it, but you can't process. There's a different set of licensing for that. And then processors can't sell a market. There's a different licensing for that. And then there are aspects within this change that the federal government have said, well, we're not going to allow banks to provide you bank accounts for this. So it's a very fragmented uh, business model and policy here. And I just believe the mindsets around this are old and stale. The reality is by 2030, this is going to be a $23 trillion industry. And if we look at what cannabis can do for the state of Georgia, it can create phenomenal opportunity. Um, there are 25,000 uses for this. If you take an acre of cannabis, it will remove 4.2 tons of CO2 from the environment every year. That same acre of trees will remove 6.5 tons from the environment every 10 years. 
In addition to that, it's more efficient at using at creating paper. And you take hemp, combine it with lime, you create hempcrete, which is a building material you'll use in construction. It can lower housing costs. So I really believe that we really need to look at this from the perspective of what can we allow our farmers to do in order to make more money? And let's roll back some of these regulations and make Georgia more profitable. You know, I, I uniquely enough understand what it means to run down ballot. Um, and it can be difficult uh, and tough to get voters to care about races and offices they don't fully understand. So how have you tried to focus voters um, on your campaign for an office that many voters have never really engaged in, especially in the state of Georgia, where it seems like, and I know this is not meant to sound any way other than what it is, but when you have Raphael Warnock and Stacey Abrams and their race is kind of sucking all the air out of the room and maybe rightfully so. Yeah, no, it's been very tough. However, Georgia is still a two thirds rule and the decisions that are made in this office impacts everyone's life in every single way imaginable. And um, I am very humble. I am a lot of fun to be around. <laughs> you went to Georgia State. So yeah, I can, I can agree with that. I can, I can agree with that. And so, um, and I really, I'm just real, you know, I get out here and I talk to folks and, and we really bond on what we have in common. And, um, and we love Georgia. We all love Georgia. And we, Ultimately, we want to see the state grow. So um, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman the other day and he was saying how myself and a few other candidates were doing what he compares it to the Chitlin circuit of <laughs> politics. <laughs> but hey, if that is what is required, you know, I'm happy to show up. Uh, if it means sitting on someone's doorstep to 1 a.m. in the morning, I think that's important because um, the people of Georgia need change. It is time. We need Stacey Abrams as our governor. Yes. Um, and there's just so many great things that we can do. So we can't let our foot off the gas pedal. We just have to adjust with the challenges and just keep pushing forward. I mean, let me ask you this question now. I mean, I love, love, love Georgia. Love Atlanta. Went to Morehouse. Yes. <laughs> My brother went to Morehouse, by the way. I, and played. And play football there. When, what year you graduate? Uh, I believe 2007, 2008, somewhere in there. Hmm. I, we, were, we overlapped a little bit. I probably know him. He's a great man. You don't, I mean, you don't even have to tell me. I, I just, <laughs> Listen, he's an omega, so he reminds me daily he's a good man. <laughs> um, but, like, how are you having this conversation with folk in Atlanta? How are you having a conversation about the Department of Agriculture? Because people just immediately think that it is a rural task. So how are you having this down at, I forget the name of some of them clubs, but but Sauce and some of them other places in the city of Atlanta, how are you having these discussions? Let me tell you, everybody wants cannabis legalized. Everybody, I mean, period. You'd be surprised. Like I'm having conversations with 80 year old white men about this for hours. Everyone wants to see this. So it really is about meeting people where they are. Um, and then I'm a policy nerd. Um, so it's like when we start talking about data and numbers and figures, you know, I'm, I'm there for it every day. And it, it's just meeting people where they are. It's simple. I mean, that, that, actually, that actually is very, very true. 
Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. One of my last questions for you uh, is, um, you know, I'm excited about Marsha Fudge being the Secretary of Ag because we all know how much power that role has, not just in terms of farmers, but also in terms of food policy, trade, you name it, you talked about it. What's the relationship between the Federal Department of Agriculture and your future job? Um, and what's your role in terms of food insecurity in Georgia and addressing things like child hunger and food deserts? Yes, so uh, the Ag Commissioner in the Georgia is the chief advocate for, for resources to Georgia with the USDA. And I have participated on several USDA panels this year with uh, Black farmers, and I'm noticing a trend in dialogue and communication. There is a gap in interpretation and understanding of you know, what is available to farmers, and there is a gap in how the USDA communicates this information to those farmers. So for me, it is number one, we've got to amp up um, ag education in the state of Georgia. And that is something I plan on doing once I am elected, ensuring that we have seminars and programs to teach our farmers how to actually complete an application for funding and how to follow through at every single step so that when they're getting feedback, they're not assuming they are denied. Mm. They follow all the steps to ensure that they get that money. The second thing is, let's be real, farmers aren't business people and I need to teach them how to make money because yep. sometimes it could be just a tweak in your messaging, having a website, how you design your logo. These are simple things that we could do that causes the taxpayers no additional dollars, but it gets them to the next level. So it's definitely um, a partnership, figuring out where the gaps are, filling in those gaps, and then providing our farmers with what they need so they can grow and prosper. And that's just not true to African-American farmers. That's for every farmer in the state of Georgia. So my last question and the most important question is, how can people follow you? How can people support the campaign? And what are you doing over these next you know, month and a week or five weeks to be more specific? Yes. So you can follow me on social media. I'm out there. My name is Nikita, spelled with an A, Hemingway with one M. 
And uh, I won the name lottery. So I'm the only Nikita Hemingway right now. <laughs> <Facts>. <laughs> <laughs> so if you Google me, you're destined to find me. Um, but we're everywhere. We're doing podcasts. We have a couple of TV interviews that are coming up soon. Um, some op-eds that we're working on. And, um, you know, I just I just love this space so much. And I love the people of Georgia. And um you know, I'm just always a phone call, text, or email away. You know, one of the unique things about your race that people may or may not grasp, but one of the things that I was thinking about when we were scheduling this interview is if Stacy can keep it close, we pray she wins. If Raphael can keep it close and or win, I mean, if you're if if, it, if those races are 10, 15,000 votes apart, um, win or lose, and you hang on and stay pretty close, with voter drop off and everything else, you really have a good shot at winning your race. Oh my gosh. No, you got the numbers wrong. I am going to win my race. Um, you know, agriculture should be nonpartisan. It should and, be. I, I and, sheriff should be nonpartisan too. There, there are secretary of state should be nonpartisan. Absolutely. These should so, be nonpartisan. But Bakari, listen, and I tell Stacy this often, Stacy, you need to hop on some of these calls with me. Because I'm getting calls from people throughout the state. There are libertarians who are calling me daily, Republicans, old Republican white men who are calling me daily about these issues. Because at the end of the day, the only thing they care about is having someone in that seat who is going to solve those problems. And the people of Georgia know me. They know that whatever I put my name behind, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do it and I'm going to get the results. And if I don't know the answers, I'm going to surround myself with people who does. And so um, I'm feeling very good about my race. My opponent is very scared. He's already changing his messaging. Um, yes, we need more money, but we're making it happen. Um, and, and, and I do believe that we're going to pull this out. I we're going to so win big in, in November. So I'm excited and listen, you may not know this, but everyone needs to know this. When I win, I will be the first African-American oh, no. and second woman elected to this position in our nation's history. So that speaks volumes, but it also says that we still got a long, long way to yeah. go, but really, really excited. I'm excited to have you. I, I can't, I, that energy on the campaign trail makes me miss it about that much. So I'm going to let you know. <laughs> Trust right. me, we're all ready for it to be over anyway, but yeah. <laughs> all right, Nikita Hemingway, the future uh, Ag Secretary in the great state of Georgia. Have a blessed day. Awesome, you too.